Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you so much for joining us for the streaming service this weekend. Psalm 63 says, God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live and I will lift up my hands and call on your name. That's what we come to do, to call on the name of the Lord. And I invite you to pray with me. Our Father in heaven who fills the heavens, you're as close to us as the air that we breathe. Hallowed be your name. Mighty, majestic, marvelous is your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth, here in San Jose, in every home, in every heart, in every neighborhood. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you see our needs. Provide for us today. Forgive us of our sins, how we need your forgiveness. As we forgive those who have sinned against us, we let it go. We send it away. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Save us, God, from ourselves and from the devil. Give us victory. For yours is the kingdom, and we submit to it. Yours is the power, and we depend upon it. And yours is the glory, and we live for it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I hope you're ready to lift your voice in worship. Whatever kind of season you're in right now, never stop singing.
There's a table that you prepared for me In the presence of my enemies It's your body and your blood you shed for me This is how I fight my battles Wherever you're at, let's sing it together, let's declare There's a table trust in him will not be disappointed so come on cathedral let's sing it out it may look like i'm surrounded but i'm surrounded by you it may look like i'm surrounded but i'm surrounded by you i know it may look like i'm surrounded but i'm surrounded by you it may look like i'm
circumstance right in every situation I pray Lord that our eyes would be opened and our hearts would be awakened to the truth that we are surrounded by your presence you are Emmanuel you are with us you have never left us and you will never forsake us we can hope and trust in you and I pray Lord in this season Lord that hope rises and it abolishes fear that the presence of the Lord and at your right hand there are blessings and pleasures forevermore we love you we applaud your goodness and we put our faith in the one who holds our future we love you and we shout your praise and in the name of Jesus all of God's people shouted amen and amen hallelujah somebody just lift up a praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah! Boy, I love that song. I love how it's our fight song. I love how it reminds us that no matter what's going on, no matter how things may look on the outside, no matter how surrounded you may feel, all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus and he will come and he will surround you and he will give you his peace, his mercy, his grace, his protection. And that is how we fight our battles. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we've been in a series discussing the topic of loneliness. And it is so important to us as a church family that we stay connected. So in a few weeks, we're going to be kicking off Zoom small groups and we're calling them No One Stands Alone. And we're really excited to get these going our staff is gonna be taking part. And we would love for every single one of you to take part as well. So if you would like to host a group or if you would like to join a group, you can shoot us an email, info at cathedraloffaith.org. Now, this is just a reminder, because of the poor air quality outside, we are canceling outdoor services for the next two weekends. However, we have added an 8.30 a.m. live streaming option for you. That means you now have four opportunities to watch service live on the weekends, or you can always watch On Demand on YouTube whenever you would like. The last thing is that we are so grateful that Cathedral of Faith has been designated a family reunification center for those being affected by the wildfires. Now, praise God, the weather has been in our favor. So at this time, we are not needed. However, that could change at any moment. So thank you so much to everyone who has signed up. And if the need arises and you would like to sign up, you can shoot us an email at info at or give us a call. Well, thank you, Lauren. Well, thank you, thank you to all the Cathedral of Faith family for living out the two most important priorities that Jesus gave us, that we are to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And during these unprecedented times, it's amazing to see what God has been doing and living out his love in more ways than ever before here at Cathedral of Faith. And through our reaching out food ministry, through the month of July, we've been able to bless 74,000 families representing a quarter of a million people with over $20 million worth of food. Way to go, Cathedral of Faith. Amen? And we can only do it because of our outstanding volunteers. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't volunteered or be a part of the volunteer team, you can do that every Wednesday and Thursday from 8 
uh, a.m. to 12 noon out at our Reaching Out Center. So thank you for all the ways that you give. There's easy ways for you to give. You can give online at our website, through our Cathedral Faith app, by bringing it during at the church office during business hours or just mailing it to the church office or texting the number that's on the screen. Your giving is making a difference. And Jesus said that when you, every time that you give, you are laying up treasures in heaven that cannot be destroyed. So thank you to all the church family for all the ways that you give big and small of your time, your talent, and your resources so we can be a blessing to our community. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how wonderful and how marvelous is your name. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you've done, but for all the great things that you have in store for us. Jesus, you said in this world, we're gonna have lots of trouble, but you said, take heart, I have overcome this world. So we can be strong and courageous for you are with us wherever we go. God, continue to be Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees ahead and makes provision for your people. Lord, as we worship you with our very best, we pray for your best, that you would give us wisdom, insight, health, and strength, and bless us with every resource necessary so we can do the wonderful works of love that you've called each of us to do. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. We ask this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. God bless you as you give. And let's take a look at what God is doing through Cathedral Faith over in Italy. Hello, Cathedral Faith. Hello, Pastor Kenny. It is such a privilege for me and Sandra to spend a few seconds with you guys. And thank you so much for what you've been able to do through our partnership during COVID time in Italy. We fed thousands of families. We were able to give out hundreds of thousands of masks with the Word of God. We were able to go into the, 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 the families that were locked into the house and minister to the kids with all kinds of Christian literature for them. We were able to give to the governor of Sicily, the governor of Naples, over 50,000 euros each of equipment for the hospitals, which gave us an incredible, incredible opportunity to be on the map and to proclaim the love, the mercy, the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not over yet. So let's go ahead together to seek and save that which was lost. Thank you so much for your generosity. Because of your giving, the Cathedral of Faith is able to continue to be a blessing both here in the Bay Area and around the world. It's great to have our staff joining me in the front row once more. And today we have with us our friend Roma Downey. You, you never really know who's going to show up at church. We've been looking at the topic entitled Overcoming Loneliness in a World of Social Distancing. Before the pandemic hit, there was already an epidemic of loneliness in our culture. Loneliness had doubled since the 1980s. One estimate says that as many as 40% of adult Americans experience chronic loneliness. The former Surgeon General once said this. He said, during my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. And then the pandemic hit. And so now we have a war on two fronts. On the one front is the virus, and we're doing all kinds of things. We're wearing our mask, and we're practicing social distancing, and we're washing our hands like crazy. In fact, our staff put together a training video, and we thought we'd share it with you. 
How to wash your hands cathedral style. Be sure to follow this guide and lean not on your own understanding. Step one, turn the faucet on and let the living waters flow. Step two, anoint your hands with soap so that they will be whiter than snow. Step three, scrub your hands with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Continue for at least the duration of Pastor Ken's sermon. 20 minutes later. Finally, baptize your hands in the name of the Son, of the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've been following all these protocols so that we can defeat the virus and protect our health. And by the grace of God, we can and we will be strong and courageous, the cathedral. And at the same time, on the other front, we are battling the loneliness pandemic. And by the grace of God, once again, we can and we will win the battle through the power of the Spirit and the power of Scripture. In the New Testament, 59 times, you find this phrase, one another. And every time you do, it gives us a strategy, a strategy to move us out of our isolation, to heal the ache of loneliness in our hearts, and to become fully alive as social beings made in the image of a triune God. One of those phrases says, encourage one another. And I'd like to drill down a bit on that one today. You find it throughout the New Testament. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, so encourage one another with the hope you have. Build each other up. In fact, that's what you're doing. In Hebrews chapter 10, we read, let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Even if it's virtual in the middle of a pandemic, we still gather together online. And then in Hebrews chapter three, we read, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I once had an eye-opening conversation with a man from animal control our dog had been bitten by a coyote. And the man said that coyotes are quite the connivers. He told me that they'll pretend to be your dog's new best friend and try to lure him away from his home. And if they can get the dog to follow them around the corner, there a pack of coyotes is waiting to devour him. That coyote knows if he can isolate that dog, he can defeat him. The devil knows that too. If he can isolate you, he can defeat you. But here at Cathedral of Faith, nobody stands alone. When we stand together and encourage one another, we're on our way to victory. So what would it look like to put that into practice this week? Encourage one another? Well, let's take a look at what I'll call a profile of encouragement, a picture of encouragement. In fact, there's a picture of encouragement sitting right on our front row, Pastor Seti. He's been a part of our pastoral team for 15 years. He's a wonderful part of our creative arts team. And when he was in high school, he once received an award every year at the high school. They gave out an award to the student who was the most encouraging. They called it the Barnabas Award. So they called Seti up on stage, presented the award to him, said he was very grateful, and then he asked the question, who is Barnabas? Well, maybe you're asking that same question. Who is Barnabas, and, and what does he have to do with the encouragement? You have to go back all the way to the first century to a man by the name of Joseph. Now, Joseph came from a family line 
who had the privilege of serving in the temple. But he didn't have that opportunity because Joseph had been born outside of Israel. There was tension between native-born Jews and foreign-born Jews. And so he was denied that wonderful privilege. And that kind of discrimination could make anybody sour. But Joseph, he becomes a part of this new community of faith called the church. And instead of having a sour disposition, he has the kind of supportive disposition, so much so that in Acts chapter 4, we read this about Joseph. One of the believers was named Joseph, a Levite born in Cyprus. The apostles called him Barnabas, which means one who encourages. Literally, a son of encouragement. What a nickname. Every time he would hear someone call him Barnabas, it would remind him, this is who I am, and this is who I want to be. We all know people like that. People who, when you're around them, they just have a way of fueling your tank. They just fill it up. See, every one of us, we have a fuel tank in our inner being, a fuel tank in our soul. Some people, when we're around them, they just breathe life into us, and it has a way of filling our tank. Other people, when you're around them, they have a way of draining your tank. In fact, if you're around them for 30 minutes, at the end of that 30 minutes, you feel like this right over here. You just, oh, get me out of here. Do you know somebody like that? Are you somebody like that? I mean, if we look at ourselves, well, and we're honest, we can see that sometimes I am the one who drains and sometimes I am the one who builds up. What was it about Joseph? Why was he such a supportive figure that they would give him the nickname, encouragement? That when they saw him, they would say, here he comes, the one who will make your spirit soar, the one who will fuel your faith, the one who will make your soul rise up. What was it about Joseph that they gave him the nickname Barnabas? How can we lean into his encouragement that would help us in our encouragement? Well, let's take a look at a few things. First of all, look at encouragement and generosity. The first time we read about Barnabas is when he is generous in Acts chapter 4. We read this, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Put it at the apostles' feet. Joseph joins this new community called the church, and there's a need. And not only had he given his heart to Jesus, he'd also opened his hands to Jesus. And so when he sees the need, he takes a field that he owns and he sells it. And he gives it to the church. Nobody twisted his arm. Nobody put pressure on him. He just saw as a disciple of Jesus, this is the kind of thing that you do. And he steps up and becomes the very first recorded donor of the early church. And this was so encouraging to the church leaders. They said, let's give him the nickname Barnabas. Generosity can be so encouraging. When we take who we are and what we have and we offer it up to Jesus to advance his work in the world. When we're generous with our time and our talent and our money, when we're generous to our family or to our friends or to our neighbors, to our community, 
Whenever we practice generosity, not only do we learn the truth of the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But we also discover that encouragement can be a way of encouraging somebody's spirit, filling up their emotional tank. I want to share with you a praise report. I normally don't like to talk about budget stuff, but I do. I felt a nudge in my spirit for this sermon. I do want to go ahead and share this story with you. During the pandemic, when it hit, well, the economy took a big nosedive and so did our church budget. Immediately, we had a 30% decline in our church budget. And so what we did is we tightened the belt, we made adjustments while at the same time stepping up in even greater ways to meet the massive need that our Bay Area faced. I'm not sure how our state leaders view the church, but I know this, when heaven views the church, the church is the most essential business on the face of the planet. The church is the only thing that will last forever. The church is the only business Jesus said that he himself is involved in building. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so we tightened the belt and we stepped up to serve in an even greater way. And I'm so grateful that because of the leadership of our financial department and the grace of God, we secured the payroll protection. And that took us, that made up the uh, bridge the gap of the budget deficit for April, May, and June. But as we moved to the end of June, I've got to be honest with you. I wasn't sure what the rest of the summer was going to look like. In fact, truth be told, there was a lot of pressure I was feeling because it looked very discouraging. But then, in the month of July, we received an unexpected large financial gift that helped to bridge the gap. And then in August, we received another large financial gift that has enabled us to bridge the gap. And then out of the blue, uh, a lady who's been a part of the church for many, many years. She's 97 years old. She still lives on her own. She does her own yard work. She takes no medications. We should have her do a master class on longevity. Well, she calls me up out of the blue, wants to meet with me. And as I meet with her, she tells me, she said, Pastor Ken, many years ago, the church was there for my husband and myself. And it's on my heart that when I pass away, I want to donate my home to the church. Don't miss the timing of that. See, it could have come at any time. God could have put it on our heart last year. He could have put it on our heart next year. But right in the middle of the pandemic, God puts it on his heart. I wonder, was it God's way of saying to us, Cathedral, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are still ahead of you. And those three extreme sacrificial acts of generosity, not only did they fund the budget, they fueled the soul. They filled up this pastor's tank that I know, that I know, that I know, God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Excuse me for a moment while I have a happy dance. Amen. Who could you be generous with this week that would encourage their spirit, refuel their soul? Next, look with me at encouragement and greatness. Encouragement and greatness. The next time we run into Barnabas, we find it in an interaction he has with a man by the name of Saul. Now, Saul had been 
the number one persecutor of the early church. He would hunt down Christians and he would put them in prison or he would put them to death. And then he claims that he's had this conversion experience that he's now a follower of Christ. But the early church leaders, they don't know what to think about that. They're not sure if this guy's legit. And so they need someone they can trust to go and vet this guy. And so they send Barnabas. Barnabas will go. They send Barnabas to go vet Saul and to see if he really is legit. And after vetting Saul, this is what we read in Acts chapter 9. It says, Barnabas accepted Saul and took him to the apostles. He vouched for him. Not only did he vouch for him, he saw something in him that others did not see. And that's what encouragers do. When they look at people, they see something in them that others do not see. I found an image online, and as you look at the image, what do you see? Do you see a dark, creepy forest with burned-out trees rising up all around? Or do you see the strength of a lion? Both of them are in that picture. Which one do you see? When you look at others, what do you see? Do you see their problems or do you see their potential? Do you see their past or do you see their future? Who this week could you inspire with a little encouragement to look at them and say, I see seeds of greatness in you. To look at them and say, I, well, I see a destiny. I sense a destiny in you. To say, there's a lion on the inside of you that's waiting to get out. Who could you encourage and inspire this week? Well, Barnabas not only encourages Saul or vouches for him, he, he also, well, he's going to end up inviting Saul onto his team. Now, when Saul, when, when Barnabas looked at Saul and he saw that there was a lion on the inside of Saul waiting to get out, Saul, who would eventually be known as Paul, did he have any idea that, that Paul would go on to be the most important figure in the history of the Christian church and would turn the world upside down? Probably not. Only God sees the end from the beginning. But he saw enough to vouch for him. And by vouching for him, I wonder, would Paul had gone on to change the world had it not been for the encouragement of Barnabas? Well, he not only vouches for him, but as I said, he invites him to be a part of his ministry team. And we read them going out and ministering together. It says in Acts chapter 11, for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. In Acts chapter 11, this they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And then in Acts 13, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And then in Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. Wait a second, time out. Did you see the shift? It had been Barnabas and Saul, and now it's Paul and Barnabas. In the ancient world, the position of names in a sentence it meant something. I found this one picture of Oprah, and Oprah is saying, you know, you're a headliner, and you're a headliner, and you're a headliner, and you're a headliner. When you read a sentence in the ancient world, the first name that was mentioned, it meant that they were the headliner. So when we first run into Barnabas and saw Barnabas is the headliner, and then there's this shift. Paul now has become the headliner. 
Talk about, on a human level, a discouraging career move for Barnabas. <laughs> you know, I, I found this. Well, someone once said this. They said, they want to see you do good, but never better than them. Remember that. But encouragers, they turn that phrase upside down. Because they find such great joy in helping other people be successful. In helping other people fulfill their dreams. In helping other people reach their potential. And if one day the mentee surpasses the mentor, they become their greatest cheerleader And that is what true greatness really looks like. Barnabas, what an example. The final picture I want to talk to you about has to do with encouragement and grace. Encouragement and grace. Then in this last picture, we find what I call a mulligan. Now, a mulligan is a term in golf. And let's say that my brother and I were going out to play a game of golf. And as my brother gets up to hit the ball off the tee, he hits it into the woods, which never happens, at least not on every hole. But my brother hits it into the woods, and I say, hey, Kurt, that's all right. I take out a ball, and I give it to him, and I say, take a mulligan. Hit another tee shot which also never happens because my brother, he's younger than me, he's stronger than me, he's almost as good looking as me. And so why give him a mulligan? But let's say in this imaginary world, I give my brother a mulligan and he hits it again. A mulligan is a do-over. It's a second chance. It gives somebody another shot. And that's what happens in this final picture. We see an encourager giving a mulligan. Barnabas and Paul had been good friends, ministry partners for some time by now. And as they're getting ready to take another missionary trip, well, they have a disagreement. Paul wants to take, or Barnabas wants to take Mark, but Paul does not want to take Mark on this trip. It seems that on a previous trip, Mark had bailed out on them somewhere during the trip. We're not told why, we just know he bailed on them. And so there's no way Paul is going to take Mark. Uh, To him, the mission is too important to risk it on Mark. To Barnabas, Mark is too important not to risk it. And so at the end of their conversation, Paul looks at Barnabas and he says this. He says, it's okay if you disagree with me. I can't force you to be right. He didn't really say that. We're not told what happens. We're not told of who is in the right and who is in the wrong. The Bible doesn't comment on that. All we know is that they decide to go in different directions. In Acts chapter 15, we read, Barnabas and Paul strongly disagreed with each other, so they went their separate ways. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. What does Barnabas do? He took Mark and he gave him a mulligan. He gave him another chance. And that is what encouragers tend to do. They tend to give people another chance that they know that because you make a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake that just because you fail doesn't mean you are a failure that we serve a God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and they extend that grace some of that grace to a mother another person they give them a mulligan in the case of Mark it works out Uh, It doesn't always work out. You may give somebody grace and give them another chance and all they do is give you more grief. You know, we'd like life to be neat and tidy, but there's always risk involved. And yet with Mark, Mark would go on to write the earliest 
biography of Jesus that we have. And I wonder, would we have the gospel of Mark in our New Testament had it not been for Barnabas and his encouragement? Who in your world could use a second chance, another shot? They could use a mulligan. We have a ministry here at the church. You could kind of call it, it's called the Good Samaritan Ministry, but you really could call it the mulligan ministry. Because what they do is they, well, they work with prisoners who are getting out of prison and help them to reenter into society. We partner with the county on this. And they're really helping people who are getting out of jail to have a good chance at a second chance, and they're seeing remarkable results. In fact, I have a testimony of one of the most recent graduates of their program. And this is the testimony of Ernesto. Ernesto had heard about the Good Samaritan program while he was in prison. And when he got out, he showed up in San Jose with just the shirt on his back. He made his way to Good Samaritan where he met our amazing director, Dave, Dave Marvez, Marez. And Dave helped him to develop a plan, establish some goals, helped him to get into a sober living environment, helped him to write a resume, gave him bus passes, got him new clothes so he could go out and look for a job. Let me read the rest of it to you. It says, not everything came easy for Ernesto. At times he got discouraged and wondered if he was ever going to get his life back on track. He and a good Sam's weekly support group where he was encouraged and received prayer with others facing the same struggles. His prayers included a well-paying job and reconciliation with his adult children. He also attended church services at the Cathedral of Faith's main campus. Eventually, things started to look up for Ernesto. After faithfully trusting in God, he landed a job that he prayed for, earning $28 an hour. Praise God. He also applied for and was accepted into a housing program that provided funds for him to move into his own apartment. Most importantly, the relationship he desired with his children was finally moving forward. Ernesto spent eight months with the Good Samaritan Project and graduated in June. He's maintained his housing, his job, and his relationship with his adult children. He gives back by volunteering with the local community service program and attends AA and NA meetings to maintain his sobriety. His perspective on life has changed since accepting the Lord into his heart. This experience has strengthened his faith, faith, and hope for a better future. He is looking forward to the day when he can once again attend traditional church services. His advice to others is get connected to God and to a good church. We serve the God of a second chance. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the God of the second chance? Have you started a relationship with Jesus Christ? You can do so today. I invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I put you in charge of my life. Thank you, God, for loving me like you do, welcoming me into your family and giving me Another chance at life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Congratulations at that decision you just made. Here comes Mr. Encouragement himself, Cedric, to share with you the song, I'm Alive. I was dead in my transgressions 
wandering in sin I was searching for redemption on a road that had no end I was walking through the fire I was living on the run with my flesh lost in desire I was drowning in the flood but Thank you again for joining us for today's service. If you need prayer, please reach out to us. We want to stand with you. Nobody stands alone. Following the service, it'll immediately go to the wrap, which is an excellent way to take the message deeper and further for your application this week. I encourage you to tune in. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And may you know that when you're connected to God and his family, you never really walk alone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, what's up? Come on in. Service not over, it's just beginning. Yeah. Come on in, it's the wrap. Absolutely. Got Ramel, Aurora, Vaughn, Irene, and we have Sanquisha with us this weekend. Hi, Welcome. Everybody. Let's get right into this. Here. We're gonna talk about this overcoming loneliness mm -hmm. that Pastor Ken's been leading us in. Great way to go to you that are online right now because mm -hmm. you are overcoming loneliness right, by doing staying it. plugged in to the, what's going on here. So let's say Quisha. Yeah. What stuck out to you? Well, what stuck out to me was the scripture, well, excuse me, the passage that Pastor Cam was talking about. Great message, by the way. Mm -hmm. He 
man, he brought it out, um, is even in your isolation, the devil will use that mm-hmm. as a time for his playground to get in mm-hmm. your head, to get in your, getting, getting your face basically. So mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we are spiritually connected, um, either in groups, as Pastor Ken is saying, there are connection groups, or even just um, finding a leader that you can look up to that's from the church that you that can invest in you. Um, so those are things that are very important, because if not, your isolation can be just a straight-up battle. Um, so, yeah, mentally and emotionally. That is yeah. so true. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I remember one time, because even being single, it is um, in that period when I was single, there was someone who called me on. He said, Irene, I, I feel like the Lord wants you to embrace the cross of loneliness. And I was like, that does not sound fun at all. But what was saying is that in loneliness, there's a strength and this grit that can come up in you because you depend on Christ so much. But also in that, that you, you're intentional about community. I can't tell you how many times that I've in certain seasons of my life, somebody has stood out to me and I've gone out of my way, even as shy as I was in other seasons of my life and said, I would love to just meet with you or have coffee with you or can I just pick your brain on this or stuff? And I've been intentional to reach out because I knew I needed something, yeah. you know, so. so. So you did the work though to, to initiate that yeah. for your own better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great, Miss Ank, we should, like it's, uh, you know, not to make you feel uncomfortable with this, but you're single, right? And yeah. and you're living in a, in a place where you're, you're your f- relatives and your family are, yeah. are not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, th- and I know a lot of people in this, in this uh, it impacts very heavily in this, in this mm-hmm. sheltering place right. season that we're in. Like mm-hmm. a lot of us have families and yeah. you could still be lonely there too. Mm-hmm. You can't no not say about that. Yeah. But there is, there's a distinct difference about being single and alone and in this season. Mm-hmm. So maybe like just unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, so um, Saul and Barnabas, um, mm-hmm. how... Um, Barnabas came and, and, and accepted him in his, you know, hey, you're going to follow me. You, I see something in you. So with me coming out here and, and just basically being alone, starting fresh, it's, it was the hardest thing ever. It's still a day at a time I'm working with it, but just having leaderships and um, connecting myself to church. When I first got here, I dove I got on the plane Wednesday, or I got off the plane on Wednesday, and I started serving. I think we was doing Easter at the time, that Friday. So I went straight into church. I didn't know anybody. I just came. (laughs) The only person I was connecting with, I think at the time, was Pastor Irene. I was like, hey, I'm new. What to to do? So I just started serving, going deeper into that. So having that community helps me, help me get out of that that, that, um, isolation period um, and having people around. So, yeah, it's very important because, yeah, you you can get deep into it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, and, you know, that's, it's a hard thing to do, but it, you know, over the time, over the time that you, you did that, like you've been a leader here and you've, yeah. you've changed our community. So yeah. mm-hmm. by changing your world, you've changed ours. So mm-hmm. way to do the work and, and, and do that. That's, that's so great. But that's also, um, it takes courage. Yeah. I mean, for you, nobody you don't know nobody and that to just go. No I mean, that's the thing sometimes. It's so hard to be, to take that first step, especially if you're sh- a shy person or you're not used to it. But it takes that courage to get up and try it mm-hmm. and, and to find a community. So it, could not, it could be, you might need to do it a few times, yeah. but you're going to find it because God said he will never leave us nor forsake us. Mm-hmm. But there's this, again, an action that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? yeah, I'm, and I'm really hoping people are being their fuel tanks are being filled by something like that Lucretia because you know it's 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 proof that it's not impossible Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. even how on how lonely you can be and how alone you can feel it's not impossible Mm -hmm. for you to defeat if the if if the enemy is looking to isolate us to defeat us then we can find a way to defeat Mm -hmm. that isolation Right? And those are action pathways that yeah. say, hey, mm-hmm. we can do that. Yeah. And you know what it does is it, is it brings out this, this second idea Pastor Ken shared of greatness. Mm-hmm. Right? Greatness can come out of mm-hmm. moments like that. Mm-hmm. And it hits me in particularly because that's what we do, uh, particularly in, in the Family Life Center yeah. and in the health and fitness that we do. Yeah. Is It asks that question that Pastor Ken is is posing all of us. Mm -hmm. Hey, are you the kind of person that sees problems in people? Mm -hmm. Or are you the kind of person that sees the potential in people? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're being called out in. What we do in our industry is to to see the potential in people. Um, That it's not Mm -hmm. what you're going through that's most important. It's where you're going to. 
that it's the product of it all. It, it's what happens yeah. because of all of this, that there's greatness yeah. waiting inside of you if we just get, keep and pushing And I want to add to that because for us, we're also a recipients of greatness. Mm -hmm. I remember when Pastor Kenny came to our gym, our first one, and we had so many questions because we didn't know we were going to make it. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Kenny came because he was just a referral. He didn't know that we even go to Cathedral of Faith. Mm -hmm. But I remember, I think... Uh, few weeks, probably three weeks, he came back and gave us a card and a check inside a card. But what hits me is what he wrote in that card. He said that I'm planting this seed mm -hmm. because I believe you are a good ground, you are good soil. Mm -hmm. And that just did it for us. Yeah, and it continues to fuel yeah. us to this day. Yeah. Continues to fuel our faith to wow. this day. Mm -hmm. And I think the word potential jumped out at me too mm -hmm. because, uh, it, you know, in my life, my own studies in my own self uh, evolution um it, i've done a lot of looking into chaos and order you know and, the, and another description for the word chaos is potential right. mm -hmm. potential mm -hmm. so we we often look at chaos which we're in what some would say in our society on every level that we're in in mm -hmm. governments socially uh and then in healthcare, it's it's mm -hmm. like this is chaos but guess what it's not it may be chaos but it's also potential and so to, to, ha to reframe the, the world that we're living in, it's mm -hmm. not, just because it's chaotic doesn't mean you can't create order out of it. Mm -hmm. and you can't create something out of Amen. meaning. You know? So I think that potential is really, really strong. And I also learned something about golf, the mulligan. <laughs> I mean, I play it, but I didn't ever use that word. <laughs> well, the, the mulligan is what we would have given you the time where you actually drove and you hit the deer. Uh, yeah. the, we would have given you a mulligan to right. do it again. So, but yeah, the, just the, the image of the second chance and just yes. understanding that, you know, uh, a phrase that is really uh, a, a part of the history here that, mm -hmm. you know, fa failure is not final. Mm -hmm. You know, right. that there's, even in the failure, there's potential, right? There's Amen. potential mm -hmm. for greatness and, pr and growth to come out of that. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Just because you fail doesn't make you a failure, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Just because you make a mistake uh, doesn't mean you are a mistake, right. yeah. you know, and boy if, boy, if you're like me um, and you need more than a mulligan, what you need is a case of golf balls <laughs> <laughs> to play this game. Not just a game of golf, but the game of life. That's and right. man, just, just thank God for mulligans. That's right. And if you're one of those people, sometimes we feel like Mark, like mm -hmm. people just dismissing us and mm -hmm. not even paying attention because we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Cheer up, because God's going to send us a Barnabas. That's going to mm -hmm. be my unique name, yeah. Barnabas. They, there yeah. will be that person that's going to send you as a friend, as an encourager, as a, mm -hmm. as a community. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so mm -hmm. don't, don't give up. No, that's a that's great right. word. Be a son of encouragement, Aurora. Son of encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. As the word says, to show ourselves friendly as well. Yes. Mm. And to give freely what we've been given from the Lord, who is the friend of us, and then to give it to others. Our scripture today is Hebrews 10.25. Let us not give up meeting together, but... Let us encourage one another just as the day is approaching. And I love that. As Pastor Ken said, meeting together is online, is at your dinner table, yes. wherever it is in these small groups and at church. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Cathedral of Faith, uh, we're in this season together. Mm -hmm. We are not alone. And, we, and as Pastor Ken is saying and lead us into the season, we're, no one stands alone. Miss mm -hmm. Anquisha, thanks for leading the yeah. charge on that. Oh, well, thanks thank for you. embodying that yes. in the way that you live and the way that you lead here. That's mm -hmm. right. Again, the way you've changed your world has changed our world. Mm -hmm. And that's the potential that all of us have uniquely, inherently in our that's own right. lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Cathedral of Faith, stay locked in. Stay locked in. This, the service is not over. It's just beginning. The work is now. The work is now. Stay plugged in. It's, you know, I know, Pastor Ken would not probably want me to say this, but the, the, it's not his responsibility for you to get plugged into Cathedral of Faith. It's his responsibility to create opportunities. But just like Miss Anquisha, no one took you by the hand and said, you need to do this, this, and this to get plugged in and find community. It's our job. It's our job. So let's mm -hmm. do that together. Let's encourage one another. Amen. Be, be on the lookout for the small groups, yes. right? Yes. So yes. the small groups, yes. let's get plugged into that. That is a, a prime mm -hmm. way of finding and, and staying connected to the body of Christ and, and mm -hmm. making sure no one stands alone. That's Absolutely. Right. Yes. And yes. this Sunday at 1 o'clock, if you want to be there, we are going to be praying and seeing each other on Zoom. So the After App, look out for that as well. We'd love to see you and hear from you there.
-hmm. Cathedral of Faith, we love you. And as always, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs>